You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Habs fans, welcome to episode 208 of the Press Zone Montreal. We have a tremendous show in store for you today, but first, let's hear from our sponsor. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Habs fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Of course, this podcast is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. That's where that uh, promo code that you heard at the top of the show from our sponsor, DraftKings, that THPN comes into play. It stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we're glad you're here today. We've... uh, Got a lot in store for you, but first, introductions are uh, are a must. Uh, I'm your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He's our president and founder of Rocket Sports Media, and he is Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great. Uh, did you now? I asked you last week to tell the world to just slow down because the days are going by too quickly. Have you? Have you looked after that? But one month away from uh, NHL preseason uh, <laughs> games, the uh, the exhibition exhibition schedule was released yesterday for most teams. Ah. Mm-hmm. Can someone explain to me why the Habs are starting kicking things off for the entire season as the first preseason game at two o'clock in the a afternoon on a Saturday? Like, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. It's just in Toronto. Bad timing. Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, We do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, Things are rapidly happening as the summer. uh, You know, I saw my first uh, my first tweet today that someone had had retweeted from someone else with the official countdown on how many days left until the first day of fall. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, we're there now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, yes, that means hockey season is quickly upon us. We've got a great show for you in uh, in store for you today. Uh, In our first segment, of course, we're going to cover the latest Habs news. Uh, We've got some Cole Caulfield news to talk about. Um, We've also got some uh, other prospect news to talk about. And we know that 
you're busy enjoying your summers and, and you might not have caught all of the great content that we've continued to churn out uh, here at Rocket Sports Media. So there's some, some Habs-specific content that we want to make sure uh, you haven't missed out on. And so we'll talk about that in a bit. Then in our second segment, when we go around the AHL, um, Rick, it's very exciting. Uh, we have a brand new bi-weekly segment that's going to start today. Uh, it's called the AHL Hot Stove, and it's going to feature uh, me and you and the newest member of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Patrick Williams. Um, we're going to talk more about that, a uh, little bit about Patrick joining the, the RSM uh, crew, but also get into a very, uh, very timely and pretty complex uh, topic and give some opinions on it on that today uh, that you don't want to miss before we wrap everything up and send everyone off to enjoy the rest of August. Uh, Nights of the round table, uh, but (laughs) we've, we've settled on, on hot stove. So we'll have to get a hot stove into a stove into the the studio to gather around. That means snacks, Mm. s'mores, maybe soup, warm beverages, warm beverages. Hmm. Adult beverages or just warm, be- <laughs> well, warm maybe, adult maybe after beverages. The recording is yeah done. <laughs> that sounds good to me. All right, well let's uh, let's kick things off with just talking a little bit about some Montreal uh, related news. Um, and first and foremost would be young Mr. Cole Caulfield. Um, he has certainly had quite a year, uh, plenty of achievements, uh, in plenty of things ticked off his hockey bucket list uh, this year, Rick. You know, it's finished up his NCAA season, went pro, scored his first pro goals, then played his first NHL games. He's scored NHL goals. He's scored playoff goals. Oh, and he's also... Uh, named the Hobie Baker Award winner for for this year. And uh, he recently finally got his hands on the beautiful Hobie Baker Award trophy. Had to wait about four months. Um, we, we're familiar with the trophy. It's iconic looking, a mm-hmm. gorgeous trophy. Um, he was, as you said correctly, named uh, the Hobie Baker winner in April, uh, but had to wait till uh, last week. Um, he's currently training in Michigan, uh, but he he, uh, flew to Minnesota uh, for the Hobie Baker uh, golf tournament and banquet, where he then received uh, his beautiful trophy and uh, got a ring as well. Yeah, the Um, ring is really nice. Yeah, actually it is. Um, And as Hobie Baker winner, um, and uh, had family in... um, at the banquet, his former coach, Tony Granado, had uh, his brother, Brock, who he played with. He had uh, teammates. He had uh, fellow nominees uh, there. And so it was just a great event and a, and a nice uh, golf tournament in the afternoon. For sure. Uh, you and I actually went in depth on this topic uh, over the weekend. I had the... Uh, Pleasure and the honor of getting to guest host our sister podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast with you over the weekend. Uh, and our big topic for for this past week was Cole Caulfield's remarkable uh, achievements in his hockey career this year. And so uh, we if you've missed that episode, we highly recommend that you check it out. Um, it is just head over to CanadiansConnection.fm and it is the most recent episode. Uh, there's tons of other great Habs news and analysis and, and things of that nature uh, in the episode as well. But we spent, uh, Rick, we spent a, a good 20 minutes or so uh, just kind of going in depth and, and looking at, at what Cole Caulfield has achieved this year. Uh, his his season was remarkable. Uh, his uh, sophomore season in the NCAA with uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. But then since then, since he, he uh, moved on, the last four months have... Um, it's it's quite astonishing when you look back and see what he was able to accomplish in um, his uh, post college um, and 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 first steps into his pro career. Absolutely. So again, head over to CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, I'll say if you're if you aren't already also subscribed to that podcast, hit the subscribe button while you're there uh, and check out that episode. It's a it's a great segment on Cole Caulfield uh, setting up what is is bound to be a very exciting season for him this year um, and kind of closing the chapter on a, a historical year for him uh, personally. Uh, 
the other thing I'd like to point you in the direction of would be the All Habs YouTube channel. Uh, you just head over to youtube.com slash All Habs. Again, if you're not subscribed to that channel, I, I highly uh, recommend you hit subscribe and hit the notification bell, uh, and you will be notified every week uh, when there is a new Habs-related video coming your way. Uh, right now, that comes in the form of Habs Fan Forum. It's a weekly video segment hosted by our own Ben Danku. comes out every Thursday, uh, and Ben really has this uh, really engaging way of, of talking about all the latest Habs news from a fan's perspective. What gets him excited? What's What gets him angry? What frustrates him? What makes him sad? I mean, all of the things that you feel day in and day out uh, as a Habs fan, Ben's there to kind of break it all down with you and, and be there with you experiencing it all. And this past week, uh, he took an early look at the NHL's, uh, well, I should say he took an early stab at the NHL's power rankings for this coming season. You know, who, where did, what teams did he think were really going to be contenders? How did the Habs fit into all of that? Rick, it was, it was a pretty fun episode and, uh, and just one of many that, that are available there at the All Habs YouTube channel. Um, we try to give you all kinds of opportunities to keep um, uh, up on the, the Habs. And this is a, a weekly seven or eight minute uh, video that, um, uh, that you can watch uh, and that you can engage with. And we encourage you first to subscribe to the channel, uh, youtube.com slash allhabs, subscribe. And then the other thing we'd, we'd love you to do is uh, to like or dislike if, if you choose the, the video, but but certainly comment. Leave a comment yeah. uh, so that we can uh, know your feelings on this topic in particular. You mentioned the power rankings, but there's others as well. And um, we, we want to hear from you. We, we want uh, your comments. And uh, that will encourage um, other uh, viewers to uh, leave their comments as well. For sure. Uh, while we're talking about places to get into the conversation, Rick, uh, why don't you tell folks how to find the All Habs fan page on Facebook, where honestly, uh, it has just exploded as a as a I mean, the All Habs fan page for years has had tens of thousands of followers. But this year in particular, with the deep playoff run, the community has just exploded into daily conversations. And it's just so much fun. So much fun. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, you, you find it at facebook.com slash all habs, um, all one word, all habs. And, uh, and make sure you like the page so that uh, you can get notifications when a new article is posted and, and uh, be one of the first to provide your opinion. And, and yes, we're inching closer and, and you can help us uh, to, to uh, get to our goal of 50,000 um 50,000 uh, member community, uh, 50,000 fans on, on Facebook, uh, who um, I think we're at 49,300 mm. thereabouts, but we'll get there uh, by the time uh, training camp rolls around and, and the opening of the season. And uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure that, uh, that you like that page, that you engage on that page, that you offer your comments on that page and share it on your own uh, personal uh, Facebook with uh, your uh, friends and maybe uh, fellow Habs fans. We also uh, get uh, interaction from um, other fan bases, particularly the Canadian fan bases uh, who uh, like to come in and chirp a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. Uh, now, if you missed last week's show, we had a tremendous interview with Charlie Lindgren. He joined the show uh, once again to kind of talk about the how his his tenure with the Montreal Canadiens uh, wrapped up after spending five plus years uh, with the organization, the the challenges that he faced being the taxi squad goaltender this past year, but also really spent some time talking about the excitement of now uh, once he entered free agency, signing with the St. Louis Blues and and the path ahead for him and what he's looking forward to in St. Louis, why it was the right fit. It's a, it's a really great conversation. So if you did miss that, that was last week's episode of the Press Zone Montreal. I, uh, I welcome you to go back and talk about it. The one thing that he did, we... 
didn't give away too much because we know it's it's always a big reveal. But he did talk a little bit about uh, already designing his new gear and setup uh, for his mask and his pads and so forth for St. Louis and, and getting to use a new color scheme and that kind of thing coming up this fall. And Rick, um, there is a Canadian's prospect who also has recently revealed his new goaltending setup, and it's pretty unique. Very unique. <laughs> uh, Jakob Dobas. Um, he was uh, selected in the fifth round uh, back in 2020. The Canadians have selected a goaltender each of the last three years. Uh, Jakob Dobas um, is uh, going to be playing with o- Ohio State um, in Division One hockey. He has he had spent two years in the USHL and uh, and now graduates to Ohio State. Uh, and so we thought he needed um, a new setup, and um, he wanted to, to focus on red. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted all red setup, then that fits in, of course, with uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes as well, the Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. being a prospect. And the first thing he thought of was his favorite toy. When when the color red, uh, wanted he wanted that as a theme. The first thing he thought of was his uh, his favorite toy as a kid, uh, which was Legos. Mm. And so he has a Lego theme um, uh, set up. All his gear relates <laughs> to Legos, as well as his uh, new Ohio State mask will be. Um, uh, a, a Lego themed mask. So it's um, really fun. I mean, you can see the little Lego building blocks. There's little Lego people on it. It's really, it's a really fun design. There's even some missing blocks uh, on on his pads <laughs> that's, that's uh, right. to to get the sense of it. It's yeah, it's quite clever. It's very cute. You know, it's I've I've always appreciated that um, the goaltenders get the opportunity to really get creative and really. Um, show their personality through through their designs of of their setups and their masks and and this this is one occasion where it's it really is very unique to the player uh and something you don't see very often it's it's really fun if you'd like to see what it looks like um rick actually has this uh has some pictures of it featured in uh the latest habs headlines article on allhabs.net um Headlines Habs headlines is a is a quick uh, rundown of the latest Habs headlines and news pieces that comes out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So every weekday, except for Monday. Monday, Chris G handles it and he does his Habs notepad. So every weekday, go to allhabs.net, check for uh, either a notepad or or a headlines post, and you'll get. Quickly, in five minutes, you'll be up to date on all the latest Habs news. But uh, today's uh, today's article f- uh, did feature this uh, the pictures of of this setup, and it's it's really something. You have to see it for yourself. A lot of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to welcome pa- Patrick Williams back to the show. He's been a guest many times. We love to talk to him, but this time he's going to be here in a different, uh, different, a little bit of a different role, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today.
And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report. We're so glad that you are back with us. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter. You'll want to follow us in, in a couple of places, either at the AHL Report. That's the the hub of all of our information here at the AHL Report, whether it's podcasts, video segments, game recaps, AHL news, uh, feature articles, you name it. That's the best place to go uh, on Twitter is at the AHL Report. But you can also follow this podcast at The Press Zone. That way you'll always know when there's a new uh, episode out. And uh, from there, we also share with you uh, other podcasts within the Hockey Podcast Network and some of uh, many of those you might be interested in as well. So uh, be sure you're following at the Press Zone. It's a it's a great uh, source for all of your podcast needs, I should say. Well, joining us now is Patrick Williams. And, uh, you know, if you're a longtime listener to the Press Zone, of course, uh, Patrick needs no lengthy introduction. He's a frequent guest here on the show. Rick and I have always enjoyed uh, every conversation when he's been a guest, but it's it's our pleasure to be able to welcome you this week, Patrick, uh, for your first segment as part of the Rocket Sports Media team. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> very excited to be joining the team. Um, and I know it's something we've worked on for quite a while, and uh, yeah, it's major... Uh, major majorly happy to to be here well we're we're thrilled to have you and um it seems like such a natural fit because every time we've gotten together um the conversations for me have been stimulating they've been thought-provoking and uh, we just thought that uh, why don't we get together and figure out a way that we could work together to to do this on an on on a regular basis Absolutely. And that was, that was my thought as well. And, uh, you know, it's something like, and I've said this before, but like at this stage in my career, especially, I want to, you want to work with people that, you know, are, are talented, motivated, um, passionate about what they do. And, um, where, you know, you're not trying to drag people into the fight, <laughs> they're already there, you know, and, um, that's just a big, that's a big, um, selling point for me uh, with, with both Rick and Amy, uh, both of you, that's uh, um, that I don't have to worry about that. Like, I know I'm going to be working with talented people, um, you know, who bring so much to the table. And I, I just, I mean, for me, it was, it's one of those things like I, I'm indecisive in the best of times. And yet this was such an easy <laughs> choice for me. Like I didn't even have to like give it a second thought, you know, like, so that was the part for me that I like. I knew if someone like me is indecisive as I can be, if I feel good about this choice, then I was like, yeah, this is the right one. Well, it's uh, I have to say that uh, we can we can say confidently that we are equally excited. You know, you're you're such a wealth of knowledge uh, with such a, a storied career covering hockey in the AHL. Um, and well, in fact, uh, when I was guest hosting Canadians Connection on Saturday, um, Rick had on the agenda to talk about the fact that we are welcoming AHL guru Patrick Williams to the team. And we thought that might be just your official title with, with the team. It's just Patrick Williams, AHL guru. So, uh, <laughs> But in all seriousness, uh, you know, we, we, we have long respected your work. Uh, you do very quality work. You, you are professional. You are intelligent. You have uh, great insight. And, and, and you go to bat for this league like, like few others do. Um, and so we're very excited to, to have you on board. Um, for, for listeners, uh, you'll get to enjoy Patrick's work in, in two different ways. Uh, in fact, this week on the AHL report website, ahlreport.com, we'll have a, a nice introductory, uh, article welcoming Patrick, where you'll get to know him a little bit, a little bit about his background in hockey and, and in media and, and what he's going to be, uh, offering as far as contributions, but you'll find Patrick now every other week. We'll, uh, here on the press zone, we're going to do kind of an AHL hot stove segment the three of us where we'll tackle a a hot topic around the AHL each week and do kind of a deep dive opinion and analysis of of it and then on the alternating 
weeks, uh, you'll find uh, a feature article from Patrick on AHLReport.com where he gets to deep dive on topics that are near and dear to your heart um, around the American Hockey League. So welcome. We're, we're really excited to see, to see what, uh, what's, what's going to come this year. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I mean, I think that's um, first and foremost what I want to say is, um, you know, when this, uh, when kind of the pieces started to come together a little bit, you could sort of envision this, um, you know, it was something I really wanted to make, make it happen. And I'm grateful for the opportunity um, because, like I said, I've admired your, both of your work uh, from afar, you know, and to now be able to, to work directly is I think just a fantastic opportunity. And I think um, hopefully I can bring a little bit something uh, to the table. Well, we saw our team's excited. Uh, we <laughs> saw that true. when you were welcome and we saw the, the hockey community uh, really took notice when we made the announcement last week. Uh, there's uh, both a lot of excitement, a lot of expectations of, of the kind of work that we're going to be able to do collaboratively. Well, I think, I mean, I think that's the thing, like AHL fans are, for my money, very much the most neglected uh, fan base from a media standpoint, really anywhere. Um, you know, it's, I still say this league is the second best league in the world. And uh, <laughs> that's a position I hold very firmly. Uh, but I don't know that AHL fans are always served as if mm-hmm. it's the second best league in the world, uh, you know. The media cutbacks in the last 10, 15 years uh, have hit a lot of markets really hard and um, you don't see um, a lot of day-to-day newspaper coverage anymore like you used to. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. when I started out, uh, most most teams had a full-time beat writer with their local paper and, uh, you know, you, you really had that. Now you don't, uh, other than a handful of markets. Uh, so I think some ways where there's that absence that also creates opportunity um, for other people to kind of break in and uh, and provide that that coverage and fill some of that gap and uh, you know there, there's a lot of good solid independent media out there and um, but I think what's important for AHL fans is that uh, you get coverage from an AHL perspective from their team's perspective and I know traditionally in my career, a lot of my coverage has always had it kind of been through the lens of the NHL perspective. And what does this mean for the NHL team or for, you know, NHL fans? But, you know, there's a whole fan base down here, 31, soon to be 32 markets, uh, a lot of big markets, but also a lot of small traditional markets as well, uh, where their fans, uh, they care every bit uh, as much about their team in their market as NH- an NHL fan does for their team. So um, I think it's really important that that um, that vacuum be filled and that gap uh, that has existed for a while now uh, start to be um, you know narrowed a little bit because I mean it's a fantastic league um, first round picks uh, all up and down lineups uh, across the league but also a lot of great veteran stories um, and you know I think it's a league where uh, you it's sort of you see a lot of the the experimental side of the game, both in terms of coaching, but also in terms of some of the rules and, uh, you know, the approaches that, that teams take. So, I mean, I think uh, it's a fun league to cover. It's always, there's always something happening. I mean, <laughs> you know, every year you turn over maybe half half the league in terms of players. At a minimum, you, you get teams coming in. I mean, some teams going, unfortunately, but I mean, there's always, I mean, there's always something going on in this league. It's never boring, and that's that's for sure. And it's never predictable. I mean, you know, I, I, I stopped doing predictions uh, before the season a couple <laughs> years ago because it's just a fool's errand. Uh, because really, you know, you look at the rosters in September and you try to, you know, even you make the best guess you can make. I mean, what they may look like over the course of the next six, seven months, it's, it's almost impossible. And I mean... Yeah, like the, the the playoff format, the same thing now, especially with it expanding. I mean, I think uh, it's just um, yeah, it's just a case where you know, it's a fun lead to cover, um, and there's uh, you know you want to bring some of that, I think, to the fans who are passionate about their teams and passionate about this league. Absolutely, 
And we are going to dive in uh, today with our first uh, roundtable topic, uh, which is which is pretty timely as as we're really rapidly inching closer to the start of the season. There's there's this bit of business that's kind of hanging over the heads of of teams and fans and so forth. And we know that it was it was a very different type of season last year because of the pandemic and and there were a lot of things that looked different around the hockey world globally in all sorts of leagues but in the AHL the one thing that really changed was the fact that because uh, the CHL um, at least for a time was shut down the OHL never did get uh, restarted again there were players who were permitted to come and play for their their team's AHL affiliate even though they technically weren't eligible to do so. Um, and some of them really found a good footing uh, in the AHL and, and surprised some teams and some managers and some fans with how quickly they adapted to the pro game being as young as they were. And so now, uh, you know, the question was always last last year, and I think we might have even talked about that on one of your appearances on, on the press zone last season, was, you know, could this be the impetus to make some changes? And... July 22nd, Darren Dreger kind of started uh, started a, a bit of a snowball when he tweeted, CHL sources say final details are being worked out with the NHL that will allow junior eligible players who played 20 or more AHL games last season to return to the AHL next season rather than back to their major junior club. It's a bit more complicated, but that's the gist of it. And so, Patrick, that's really what we're here, the three of us are here to talk about today, is the pending uh, potential amendments to the CHL-NHL agreement to potentially make this uh, uh, happen this year, that if you were a junior eligible player last year, but you played in the AHL for at least 20 games, that it's po- it's very possible that you might have the option to return to the AHL this year instead of going back to your junior club. Um, I guess to start off, just what are your initial thoughts, overall general thoughts about that possibility well i think it's it's going to happen uh i haven't haven't gotten any indication in that past month or so that um it's it's moving off of that um and uh it would affect uh, i think at last count roughly 11 players who fit that category of having played 20 games so essentially it would be players that who were in that 18-year-old category last year, will now be 19, um, would fit into that. And so last year's 19-year-olds would now be 20 and they'd be eligible to play regardless. But so it's it's a fairly small group. But, you know, it's interesting because this issue has kind of been kicking around for a few years now, uh, especially, um, you know, we saw that with, with Philip Heedle a couple of years ago in Hartford, uh, then Philip Zadina in Grand Rapids. Uh, so real high end, high top top prospects who came in at 18 years old, um, and lo and behold, uh, the sky did not fall. Um, that and that was always the concern. How's an 18 year old going to going to handle things, both on the ice and even more so off the ice? Uh, early indications were that they seemed to handle it pretty well. And now, but now last year we got. A really broad experiment. You had all sorts of players coming in, 18 and 19 years old, players who would otherwise be in junior. And not only did they handle it, in some cases, I mean, they dominated. Uh, you think of like Connor McMichael and Hershey, for example. Um, Seth Jarvis, uh, who was in Chicago, I mean, has to be the first player in hockey history who's sent down while leading the league in scoring. I mean, <laughs> it was just a remarkable thing. Now, he fell under that WHL situation where when they resumed or when they began play, he had to be reassigned uh, back to the Portland Winterhawks. But it was a very strange um, dynamic, obviously, I mean, to have a player in that situation. But, uh, I mean, for the most part, uh, not just even the high-end prospects, I think of a – like Isaac Phillips in Rockford, he was a rookie defenseman coming in, a fifth-round pick, and really impressed. I mean, not only um, was able to kind of fit in, I mean, at times, I mean, really looked like he belonged and even maybe was a top two, top four pairing-type player. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, the, the sky didn't fall. And I think that was, that was the real um, turning point in this whole debate that has been going on for a few years that, you know, it was always theoretical for the most part. And now that past season, you know, like anything else out of, uh, you know, problems sometimes do come opportunities. And that was a real perfect example of it uh, where um, because of the circumstances, um, we kind of had this experiments um, uh, forced almost. And uh, as it turns out, it went pretty well. Uh, so I think that's what really started to take it from kind of a theoretical debate to something more um, uh, practical in real life uh, for a lot of NHL general managers. So the... Um I mean, the, the NHL-CHL agreement has been a point of tension for, mm. for some time. And, and um, where it sits right now, and, and maybe we should make that clear, is that players, in order to be eligible to play in the AHL, they either have to be 20 years old or have played four years of junior um, in the CHL. Um, and, and, this, uh, uh, and, and we should say that, that this agreement uh, was, was due to be negotiated. It got extended a year because of the pandemic and things are going to be up for negotiation again. Um, but, it, you know, to, to be changed, uh, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's certainly players who would um, benefit from being, uh, you know, at, at 18, at 19, to be able to benefit from playing in the, um, in the AHL that, um, you know, particularly 19 year olds, um, when, when they're in junior and they're, they're, you know, too good for junior, let's say, and they go back, they may develop, uh, poor habits. They may, um, they may not be challenged enough. And so this would give those kinds of players uh, a real opportunity. And you, you said that, you know, the, the teenagers um, from the, the CHL that performed in the AHL last season were remarkable, Seth Jarvis particularly. And what would he have done had he not had to go back to Portland? Um, you know, Trevor Zegra, Jamie Drysdale's a fascinating case uh, because, um, you know, when, when you talk about the, the, the rule, the, this, this, that, that Darren Dreger um, um, talked about 20 games having been played in the, in the AHL, Jamie Drysdale doesn't qualify. And mm -hmm. that's because it, it wasn't that he was uh, not performing in the AHL. He was so good in the AHL, he got promoted to, to the NHL. Yeah. Um, and didn't play enough games in the AHL. And didn't play enough games in the AHL, but played 20, 24 games in the, in the NHL. So, um, you know, you mentioned Connor McMichael and, and uh, Peyton Krebs would be mm -hmm. Quinton Byfield, um, Trevor Zegras, all these, all these guys um, with, with, and it's not just the kind of guys who are first round picks, because uh, you have Zade Wisdom uh, from, from Philadelphia, a fourth round pick. Um, Jan Meshack from that played in in Laval, uh, more than twenty games, uh, a second round pick. Um, so all of these these all of these guys had quite a, an impact and and didn't look out of place at all when they got their opportunity in the AHL. Not at all. I mean, and I think um, there's a few things that come in into play there. Um, increasingly, I hear coaches say now that kind of the go-to quote is we have to coach the junior out of the player. And, you know, essentially it's, it's what you're saying. It's players come in sometimes after having maybe a year or two in junior, uh, their final two years of junior, and they develop some habits that uh, aren't very conducive to being a full-time NHL player eventually. Uh, and that's where the AHL comes into play. They have to kind of coach those bad habits out. And, and I talked to Spencer Carberry, the former head coach of the Hershey Bears, and I, I kind of picked him specifically because he had very recent uh, OHL experience as a coach. And he made a really good point that um, as an OHL coach, for example, um, a lot of your effort doesn't go towards your top players. Um, it's more going toward your 16, your 17-year-old players who they take up most of your time and your attention. And as a result, you know, it's kind of not what you would think. 
but your best players don't get much attention uh, at the OHL level or really anywhere in the CHL. So um, you rely on them heavily to win games at that level, but uh, they're kind of just getting by on talent and uh, aren't necessarily learning that uh, NHL-style two-way game that any player is going to have to uh, need in order to eventually stick in the NHL. So, um, you know, he made a really good point that just, you know, uh, sure, and we all understand the, the needs and the concerns of OE or CHL teams, um, what they need in terms of selling tickets and having marquee names. I would point out um, – I don't think they would get too much sympathy from a lot of AHL owners, though, uh, who routinely see your best players um, caught up, even in the playoffs. I mean, you know, you can be the, the day of a playoff game, and guess what? The NHL team calls and says, we need your uh, your, your number one goalie uh, to come up and, uh, um, you know, help us out in practice. Uh, well, guess what? <laughs> you lose your number one goalie. And that's life, uh, you know, kind of on the food chain. So, um, sure, CHL teams, they have their considerations, but uh, joining the club, I think, is kind of uh, the sentiment at this level. And kind of one of the ironies of this whole NHL-CHL debate is the AHL is heavily impacted, and yet the AHL doesn't really have a say in it either. So, um, you know, as usual, it's kind of the AHLs that that middle brother, uh, middle <laughs> child syndrome, where you know it's kind of everybody else is deciding for it, and um, AHL kind of has to uh, take what's handed to it and uh, make it work. I mean, I think that's in some ways what makes the league strong because it is the league where um, there is a lot of uh, improvising and, and figuring things out and, and developing uh, new ideas, new new uh, ways to do things. Um, you know, kind of the was invention is the uh, or necessity is the it's mother of invention. Yeah. You know, kind of that that dynamic. So yeah, it's an interesting situation for the AHL because um, in some ways it's impacted every every bit as much as the NHL and the CHL, and yet really isn't getting much say if any in this discussion well and you and and you you did touch on a on a point too that you know of course everything in moderation so of course as soon as as soon as this prospect kind of started to come up as a real thing uh you you started to hear you know the devil's advocate the other side of, of it well you know what if this turns into um the chl doesn't you know, all of all of the top players who normally would have ended up in the CHL, what if they all end up skipping junior altogether and going to the AHL? What does that do for struggling CHL clubs? Uh, you know, is it what about the development aspect? Um, even I know um, there has been Rick, you had mentioned to me a, a few weeks ago that there's been talk about uh, rumblings that the Canadians will um, it, direct Jan Mishak to to not follow this directive and to go back to his his CHL to his junior hockey team to develop further there so there there starts to become all of these intricacies of what's best for the development of the player what's best for uh the CHL teams what's best for the AHL teams um you know, there's uh, Rick. Even uh, I, believe, I believe you had mentioned something too about you know, do you does this start displacing AHL veteran roles to a to a very small degree? Um, I guess my question for both of you and whoever, whichever of you wants to kind of tackle this first, is is how do you find the balance to make sure that it doesn't become something that snowballs into into something bigger than it really should be. Well, uh, maybe I'll, I'll start. I, I would just, um, yeah, I'd look at it kind of unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think that, you know, you may, it's, it's a very complex, um, integrated kind of intertwined kind of process. Um, and, and, and so rather than, you know, opening the, the doors wide, uh, it's going to, all of these, these um, ramifications are going to have to be thought of. Um, your point about Jan Mishak in particular, yes, he qualifies, but like every team, uh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to have to say, is this, is this best for our prospect? 
Um, is it is it best for him to be playing, you know, ten minutes at the AHL level versus uh, playing in every situation and and eighteen minutes uh, at the OHL level in Hamilton? Uh, that and and if we had ice time uh, for the AHL level, that would really help us. That's a whole other discussion. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, with with Jan Mishak, it's fascinating because there's so many different parts of this. Um, you have you have the whole uh, uh, restriction as far as CHL teams go with respect to imports, and Jan Mishak is one of the imports for Hamilton. Uh, Artem uh, Grushnikov is the other. Um, so would Hamilton have participated in the, the import draft if they knew they were going to lose Jan Mishak for the season? Uh, they didn't, and now are they going to have a case to make? And it just, to make it even more complicated, the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs is Michael Andoir, who has a huge, who's a huge shareholder in the Montreal Canadiens. Are the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> going to want to upset Michael Andahar by taking their, uh, you know, and, and we heard uh, Marty Lapointe say that it was unlikely that, that Meshach would, um, would be in Laval this season, that they see him better off. But, but for what reason, I guess, is, is the thing. Um, but just in general, taking it away from, from the, the Canadians, um yes yes that uh the AHL has to suffer with losing uh some of their top players. Uh I think the CHL is a little more delicate situation because their revenue stream they they count on uh those fans in the building. They count on um uh, you know fans being able to watch a 16-year-old come in and then perform in his prime as an 18-year-old. And the the NHL has a real vested interest to make sure that the CHL is healthy because the CHL is the biggest provider of talent to the NHL. So they they have a vested interest. Now, you know, maybe there's an offset, maybe there's a financial payment made uh, to help uh, with, with with talent leaving. Um, the other aspect of that is that you have um, you have talent maturing differently. Forwards mature and and develop much quicker than defensemen. Defensemen develop more quickly than goaltenders. So how are you going to impact the um, the the CHL if you're primarily taking some of that high end offensive forward talent out of the league? And, um, you know, folks like in the Canadians' uh, uh, case, you have a Caden uh, um, a not being not facing and not developing, um, and, and then maybe you end up with a lower-scoring league. Maybe you don't, uh, that, that the goaltenders don't develop in the way that, that you expect uh, because they haven't had to face uh, that high high-end offensive talent. Those are all kind of... This sounds un- complicated. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think it's there's unintended complica- consequences that are possible here. So I think that's why this this has been such a difficult conversation in the past and why it's taking so long for them to work up some sort of arrangement for the upcoming season. And I'll second that. And I'll add that... Um, it's one of those decisions. Once you make it, it's going to be hard to kind of put that horse back in the barn. Right. For sure. Yeah. So I mean, when you, if, and when you decide to finally do it, you really need to feel confident that it, it's, it's the right decision. And, uh, and I think one of the other things is, and I'm not sure anybody's asking for the opinions of players, but uh, <laughs> they should a little bit, they should. but think about if you're a player, right. Uh, like, you know, um, if I'm a player, I'm 18, 19 years old. Do I want, want to be uh, in junior and I make my my junior stipend, or would I like to be <laughs> well, in the yeah. NHL, you know, and maybe pulling down fifty five, sixty thousand dollars? And um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a real concern. I mean, sure. it's a real. I mean, it makes a difference. Uh, you know, I mean, um, you go from living uh, with billets, maybe now you can live on your own and. Uh, have that little sense of uh, financial independence, and so um, yeah, for players, I, there's very much a vested interest there. I mean, I think um, you're that much closer to the NHL as well. Uh, you're not uh, 
off, you know, in a distant city and, uh, and, and conversely for NHL teams, um, you have the, your hands on the players now and you can work with them day in and day out. And we're, we see uh, how many teams now are hiring um, uh, development coaches, uh, usually uh, former NHL players that can kind of work one-on-one and uh, really kind of hone in on some of the small details. I mean, that and that's just such a great learning opportunity for young players where as, you know, if they're off in Sudbury or Prince Albert or what have you, um, that player is more or less out of your hands unless you send somebody up there to work with him a little bit here and there. But um, to have that uh, day in and day out uh, opportunity, I think is very tempting to a lot of teams. I mean, if I think certainly if you pulled uh, coaching staffs and uh, development staffs, uh, they'd be very much in favor of uh, bringing those players in uh, 18, 19 years old. Um, the NHL general managers, I think have a little bit more of a delicate balance, like you said, uh, looking out for the interests of the CHL while also looking out for their own team's interests. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's a, it's a real fine line to walk. And um, I'm not sure there's really a one size fits all um, situation. Like right. you know, some players, some players will take to the AHL, like what, you know, like duck to water and it's, it's a pretty smooth transition. Other players, it's really rocky, and uh, you can sometimes see they're living in over their head. Um, uh, so, you know, you want to be careful with that as well. You know, confidence uh, for young players to be very, very tenuous. And uh, if you have a young player, I am thinking of especially young goalies mm-hmm. uh, who are not uh, not ready, and it becomes apparent pretty quickly. Um uh, you want to make sure that uh, you don't put him in a position where he's going to fail. Um, but at the other, at the same time, you, you run the risk of, all right, well, we started you in the AHL. Now we're sending you back to junior. So it's a demotion of sorts. And mm-hmm. uh, that can affect player confidence as well. So, you know, it really is um, almost a case by case basis, uh, mm-hmm. but you're trying to do it under this umbrella of an overall uh potentially very dramatic shift in policy. Absolutely. Well, and and kind of player morale was was going to be my point and 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 I think of Jan Mishak in particular knowing that he most likely will not play in the AHL this year. You know, what does that do d- d- is the player how how in depth is the conversation that the organization has with the players so that they don't go back to their junior team this year thinking, well, did I really not play well enough in the AHL that they don't want me back there? Am I not good enough? Am I, is it something I did wrong? Um, so you've got the morale thing, but then even to, to piggyback on what you said about, you know, referencing players and, oh, maybe they'd like that bigger paycheck. Maybe they'd like to experience some of that uh, independence and not be living with the billet family. Well, then, then, you know, you run into the, okay, well, then would organizations need to make sure that there's a system in place it's, it's one thing when you have 20-year-olds coming and going pro and living on their own in the pro hockey world for the first time, and they need mentors to kind of steer them in the right direction. It's a lot different with an 18-year-old um, <laughs> and, and setting them out into the world as, you know, living on their own and that kind of thing. So um, there would need to be support systems in place and, and mentoring systems in place for that as well. Um, otherwise, that could go awry very quickly for, for young players who haven't been exposed to that kind of life before. Um, that, is, that is an excellent point. Uh, that is a big challenge. Um, that's where your veterans really, I think, really earn their paycheck. Um, you really <laughs> sure. want to have the right veteran. You want to have the veteran that uh, is maybe bringing that young 18 year old 19 year old kid over for for um that supper and not somebody that's taking him out to the bars you right. know you know and and i think or maybe I, instead of a billet family they would require them to live with a veteran their first year or something like that that's yeah that's certainly a one way to do it now of course you have to find a veteran that would want to do that uh, i think some would some wouldn't um uh you want to get the right veterans. I mean, and that's such a that huge thing. I mean, I think it's veterans have come a long way. I, I, I think in my time, certainly um, from where they were. I mean, there used to be a fair amount of uh, bad influences 
Uh, and I think that's putting it nicely. And now, um, really almost nearly across the board, I, mean, I think your veterans now not only are not bad influences, they're the ones that are really leading the way. And uh, mm-hmm. they take that role seriously. Uh, you know, they're, pay- they're paid well for it, for sure. Uh, but they're <laughs> almost sort of uh, unofficial uh, coaches in a way. And I use the term big brother uh, role, uh, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, somebody that can... Um, show these kids uh, the ropes and not not even just on the ice but really off the ice i mean you know when you think back to when you were 18 i mean how ready were, were you um for that world of you know being with people 30 35 years old i mean i know i wasn't <laughs> i mean even even if you're a kid doing the right things it's, it's just simply it's intimidating if mm-hmm. nothing else and uh it's uh especially when you're higher end prospect and you've had nothing but success and now you come in and you're trying to find your way on the ice um and you're you're not having success uh, and then even if you are maybe you're not doing well off the ice you're you're homesick or you're just not used to making your own meals and um paying your bills and all that kind of stuff i mean just uh, it's a lot um, for anybody to take on at that age and never mind trying to also um you know, uh, set yourself up for eventual NHL work. So it's, uh, there's a lot of factors to consider for sure. And, um, it's one of those things, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I think. Well, I think I can speak for all of us when I say who, who would have thought that something as that sounds as simple as, Oh, just a modification to the CHL (laughs) NHL agreement, uh, could really, when you really take a put it under the microscope and and look at all of you know the ripple effect that 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 just this one aspect of the agreement could really have on players on leagues on teams on development all of it um it's really a complex issue um and as you say and and you're right patrick and rick i i think you know there's a lot of factors consider to to consider i don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all answer um, and I certainly think um, that that they're going to need to take things kind of case by case. And, and Rick, like you say, that's probably why the negotiation is taking this long to be announced, because there's a lot of a lot of moving parts that they have to cover all of their bases. Uh, and as Patrick said, once you make the decision, there's no putting that horse back in the barn. So um, we will certainly probably have more to say on this when we learn a little bit more. <laughs> um, but I think that was a, it, it's, it's a, it's a great way to kick off this segment. Um, lots of different ideas, lots of different uh, opinions, um, but really well done. So I think that's a f- very fun segment. We're going to have these every other week here on the press zone. Uh, Patrick will join us and we'll have a new topic to, to deep dive on. We want to hear from our listeners too. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Are you on the, on the AHL side of things? Yeah. Bring them in. Let's, let's get them on the pro league. Are you on more of the, no, let's protect my local CHL team. Uh, be sure to leave us a comment or uh, tweet us at the AHL report or at the press zone. Um, and let us know what you think about it. And uh, you can also find Patrick, I should say, on Twitter at PWilliamsAHL. Uh, and Patrick, just welcome once again. Thank you for a first excellent segment uh, today. It was, a, it was a very fun conversation. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to doing a lot more of this. Fantastic. Well, take care and we will talk to you again in two weeks. I think I can officially say that our first segment with Patrick Williams here on the show as part of the Rocket Sports team uh, was a resounding success and um, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> it's it's always a pleasure to talk to Patrick, uh, whether we see him in person, which is it's been a while, uh, but uh, especially when we talk to him on the phone about about any hockey topic because we can really sink our teeth into. Uh, into it and and uh, and share thoughts and ideas and things that uh, we haven't thought of and and uh, it's always great to talk to him. It is so be on the lookout for this regularly. This uh, Patrick will join us here on the show every other week, and uh, each time he joins us, we're going to deep dive onto another 
AHL topic that's timely, that's something that's going on in the league or something that really affects fans or teams and players and development and so on and so forth. So it's a it's a great segment. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. We're very much looking forward to Patrick's contributions in the written form on AHLReport.com. Uh, and uh, we, we certainly hope that you'll enjoy his uh, work here at Rocket Sports as well. Um, one note, uh, there's, it's, it's a little slow this time of year for general AHL news, but one thing, you know, teams are, are kind of shoring up some coaching things and, and so on and so forth. But there was one, one piece uh, of the puzzle that happened this past week that I thought was significant. And that's, um, that Pat Verbeek has been named the new GM of the Grand Rapids Griffins, and they are the AHL affiliate of the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and Rick, I think this is a it's a it's a it's an interesting step for Pat Verbeek. Of course, he's he's also uh, in management for the Detroit Red Wing Red Wings with Steve Eiserman, but he's really kind of taking on the role of of looking after the prospects. Uh, he's talked a little bit about incorporating analytics into it and and really shoring up the Red Wings development process. Uh, and of course, for our uh, Habs fans who are who are listening to the show, uh, you'll recognize that name uh, due to uh, former Habs prospect Hayden Verbeek, uh, who also played um, with Laval as well. So uh, it's it's a it's a great next step, I think, for Pat Verbeek. A great deal of experience, uh, a veteran of twenty years and fourteen hundred games in the NHL. And uh, it's a it's a great team that they have working um, in in management uh, with the Detroit Red Wings, and and uh, they'll have a lot of prospects coming up, and and uh, it's it's a building block that uh, that they've uh, solidified. Now he will uh, reportedly remain the assistant GM of the Detroit Red Wings under Steve Eiserman, but he's going to scale back some of his scouting duties so that he can focus on the day-to-day in Grand Rapids. He says, quote, I'm excited about the opportunity in a sense that it's a very important job for our organization right now. I know it's going to be a huge challenge. When you want to get your organization going in the right way, you have to develop players. So I'm taking this as a very important role in hope in helping the Detroit Detroit Red Wings get back to where we need to be in the playoffs and winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, Rick, I think that's a refreshing attitude for someone looking to head up uh, their their organization's AHL franchise, and it's right on the money for what the AHL is really intended to be. Absolutely, um, and and he replaces Ryan Martin, who had that responsibility in the organization's gone to the the Rangers, another organization with a, a ton of prospects. Um, so th- these are these are teams who are are understanding uh, that development is key in in their return to to uh, uh, greatness in the NHL. Absolutely. We will have uh, plenty more AHL news for you uh, as we creep closer to September and uh, training camps for the NHL and rookie camps start to happen uh, and and folks kind of start to wake up out of their vacation mode and and finalize all of the the business that's that's there to be done. Uh, in fact, our our friend Patrick Williams, if you check his Twitter timeline at P Williams AHL, uh, he is keeping a running list of AHL free agents that still have yet to sign a contract and might be surprised at some of the really significant names that are on that list. So check that out. Uh, As we get closer into September, some of those names will start to come off the board for sure. Um, And in fact, Rick, we should say, uh, you know, Patrick Williams has has joined us for this next season. uh, And there might be some other listeners out there who are looking to get into sports media. And uh, we have just the place for them to go. For sure. Um, join our team. Uh, if you want to contribute, if you feel you can contribute in, in some way, uh, whether you're an experienced hockey mind that uh, has thoughts to share and is looking for a platform, or whether you are a, um, a student or young professional in the hockey media field, um, we can give you the kind of experience, exposure, uh, and access to the, to, uh, the contacts, we, contacts we have to be able to further your, your uh, experience and your career. 
Absolutely. So uh, be sure to head to ahlreport.com and find the join our team link. And you'll just go there, fill out the fill out the form, few brief questions, and uh, we'll be able to be in touch with you to see how you might be a great fit for the AHL report and Rocket Sports Media. With that, we are going to let I think everyone get back to enjoying their summer. Uh, It was a great uh, first appearance officially for Patrick on the show today. Lots of great news happening. And of course, next week we will be back with another great episode. Tons of hockey news to talk about. Uh, We're, as Rick said at the top of the show, we're getting close to the beginning of uh, the season, believe it or not. And before you know it, teams will be getting back together and back on the ice. So, uh, Rick, thanks so much for a great show today. Great to have you. And uh, thank- Every week. Every week. <laughs> We're here every Tuesday here at the Press Zone. We thank you so much for listening all season long and even in the off season. And uh, we'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another episode of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.